The Doctor Is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In. You have always been a voice of reason through all of this. Appreciate your time, what you're doing for America. I give you advice. And doesn't work at all. You are definitely not inept by any means. I like to hear women say that about me. Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it. I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do. Okay. Well, thanks. That wasn't the answer I wanted. Are you kidding me? Great stuff, Dr. Ray. I'm glad I called. I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show. <laughs> you don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. It's your chance to be a star. Your big debut. All you got to do is call number 877-573-7825-877-57. Equal. I'm so excited because I'm getting so good at with computers. Like I know how to go to that little square up in the right hand and make the screen bigger. Yep. Three years of computer attention and I can do that. Don't know how to refresh the screen. Don't know how to refresh the screen, but but they guide me through it. We have um, how many lines do we have, Eric? Nine? Nine lines? Typically, we don't have all nine lines filled. And typically, people can call all throughout the show because we take calls on the basis of many factors, not only the time factor. We don't say, okay, this person called at 103, and then this one called at 109, and this one called at 112, so that's how we do it. No, uh, that's a factor. I, I feel guilty when people have been sitting up there for 46 minutes patiently. I feel like I have to give them something worthwhile, which really puts the pressure on me. But we can take the calls at, at any any order. 877-57-EQUAL. That's the number if you'd like to get onto the program, ask a question about the stuff of life. Help somebody out. You can do that. Give some ideas and thoughts and suggestions and your own experience to help somebody else. Or a generic type question, something you don't understand, maybe about psychology or the faith or a diagnosis or development or IQ. However, you would like to do that. You'll call and talk to Eric Dumont, who is running the board today and is also call screaming. So, on we go. With Father's Day, there was an onslaught of having fun about dad jokes. Dad jokes are, you know, pretty bad. And dads get teased because dad's jokes, well, the the number one quality of a dad joke is they're terrible. They're not funny. Number two quality is dad thinks they're funny. Number three quality is dad thinks he's cool. So... The overall impression of a dad joke is it's lame. Something you put up with when you're a kid. I think we dads get a bad rap. There's something much worse than dad's jokes. Much worse. And that is little kid jokes. 
Little kid jokes are a lot worse. People ask me, what was the most frustrating part of raising your children? Was it the repetitive misbehavior as a child is on his way to socialization? No, 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 that wasn't it. Was it the fact that many different schedules, many different personalities, many different temperaments? No, 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 that wasn't it. Was it the teen years when they wanted more freedom than you wanted to give them? No, no. What was it? It was multiple years as each little child came along of having to listen to little kid jokes. Now, the period of little kid jokes is roughly, I'd say, that the the prime of a little kid and his jokes is, uh, I'd say, between age four and eight. Now, there are certain rules when listening to a little kid joke as a parent. One, you're supposed to pay attention. You have to look like you're paying attention. Dad, Dad, I'm talking to you. I got a joke. Dad, listen, listen, I got a joke. All right, so you got to pay attention. And if you don't pay attention, your attention is going to be dragged into the joke. Two, do not ever, ever, ever help the child with the joke. Let me illustrate. Okay, Dad. Um, Okay. Um, um, What has two knees and 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 swims swims in the ocean now you have to repeat it you have to say i don't know what has two knees and swims in the ocean at which point the child is cracking himself up over the anticipatory humor of this joke <laughs> okay. <laughs> two, two D's, two D's, two D's. Then they got to repeat it, all right? Then you're just sitting there, and you got to stare. If you look away, Dad, listen. Oh, yeah, okay. Sorry, sorry. Test two. <laughs> then the temptation is to step in and say, okay, what has two knees? Because you do that, they start over. They start over. Don't interrupt a little kid joke for any reason. And furthermore, when they go back to the beginning to say the joke, you got to look like it's the first time you ever heard it. They didn't say this three times before. Nope, this is the first time. And you have to repeat it every time. I don't know. What has two knees and... And you got to say it like a little kid would say it. And swims in the ocean. Then they say this. This is this is the joke death. They say, okay, guess. Uh, I don't know. No, guess. You got to guess. What has two knees? And then you got to look like you're thinking about it. What has two knees and swims in the ocean? 
And then I do this. I say something really dumb. I'll say, um, a Tyrannosaurus Rex. No, Dick, no. Take a better guess. Um, a 63 Volkswagen bus. Huh? No, no, I'm sorry. Just, just my humor. Dad, dad joke. Okay, Dad, I, I'm going to say it again. Oh! What has two knees and swims in the ocean? I don't know. Then you have to say, I give up. Because if you say, I give up, that means you don't have to guess anymore. I give up. And then the punchline comes, but it doesn't come immediately. There is a fair amount of hesitation. There's a fair amount of laughing. There's a fair amount of aren't I cute mixed in with the preliminary write-up to the punchline. Okay, it is, <laughs> it, it is, okay, it is this, it's this. Okay, when you, the two knees things. Okay, uh, <laughs> this is so funny. This is really, okay, um, two knees and swims in the ocean. <laughs> now, my temptation at that point is to say, will you just say it? We've been here for nine minutes for one joke. Just say it. A toonie fish. (laughs) And then they laugh and run away. Leaving you there to realize you'll never get that nine minutes of your life back. I had ten kids. Passed through the ages of four and eight. As I calculate it, I listened to approximately 2,655 little kid jokes. At nine minutes apiece, that's pretty close to one year of my life. Hmm. Some of them were funny, and certain ones I actually put into my dad repertoire to use on them when they're 15. I get my vengeance. 877-573-7825. 877-57-EQUAL is the number to call. To get onto the program, I'd love to hear from you. I'm Dr. Ray. Relax. The doctor is in. Hey, this is Michael O'Neill, the Miracle Hunter. I'll be delving into the fascinating world of miracles and taking you on a hunt that explores the greatest mysteries and marvels of the Catholic Church. I'll be examining what constitutes a miracle, how miracles are investigated and approved, and the role they play in the lives of the faithful. We'll look at the miracles of the Gospels in early Christianity, considering the claims of the miraculous in our own modern age. The Miracle Hunter, Saturday at 1 p.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. 
That's 844-398-9399. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Underwritten in part by this not-for-profit. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into the suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com and click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. My brain cooperates with me, and I still do wrong things. Are you kidding me? I got no excuses. Dr. Rager, and he's taking your kid from the before picture on Bratz Today to poster child for PTA Parent of the Year in just two listens. Eight seven seven fifty seven equal. One of the cardinal rules of a radio program is you're always supposed to act like everybody in the world wants to talk to you. They're just rushing in. They can't wait to get a hold of you, in, and they know they're not going to call because they can't get through. And you never say, you never act like you have open lines. I do. I got open lines right now. Matter of fact. So if you'd like to call in. 877-573-7825 is the number to call to get on to the program. There was a local morning show. This is back when TV had local morning shows. Pittsburgh had one and Cleveland had one. Columbus had one. And I would be a guest pretty regularly on Cleveland's local morning show. <clears throat> this particular topic was spanking. There was a child development person on there. I'd say as a group, people who have gone through child development curriculum are as anti vehemently, violently anti-spanking in any in under any circumstances whatsoever, at all, anywhere, anyhow, as any group of professionals. So the lady was on the program, and the host, Fred Griffith, asked me, Dr. Gray, have you ever spanked your children? And I said, oh, yeah. I said, uh, yeah, some of some of the ones, mostly when they were littler, and then some of the ones uh, didn't get any at all. It's just their temperament. Some did. She wheeled on me. Your children fear you then. I said, oh, lady, I fear you here. Take a, take a couple Xanax. Tone it down, would you? I didn't say that. I wanted to say that, though. It would have been good TV. What I actually said was this. I said, how can you say that? 
you don't know me, you don't know my children, so how could you say my children fear me? And she looked at me in a huff. And then I really threw her for a loop. I said, besides, I want my children to fear my reaction under certain circumstances. Oh, 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 she just, oh, that was just awful and terrible and evil and all of that. So finally, got home and my son Andrew was about seven at the time. And my wife was watching this. She turned to Andrew. She said, Andrew, do you fear daddy? Now, kids say things that break your heart, rip it up. And they don't even realize they're saying it in their innocence. My son said something like that. He said one of those. Daddy, Andrew, do you fear daddy? He looked at my wife. He said, no. No. That's what ripped me up. <laughs> All righty, let's, uh, let's take some calls here. Mona from Ohio says, I got a mom that's not interested in me. Hi, Mona. Good afternoon. You said you needed calls. You got one. I do, sweetheart. You jumped right on it. All I, all I had to say. <laughs> See, this, this is power, Mona, because when I was in college, I couldn't get a girl to call for the life of me. But all I have to do on this program is go, uh, you know, you can call in. And these girls go, okay. Wow. <laughs> why, do you th- why do you think your mom isn't wanting a relationship with you? Um, when my dad died in 2013, she basically invited me to leave in uh, indirect language because my mother is a bit covert, um, passive, aggressive. So she gave me my things and told me to get my car out of her driveway because it was a problem and didn't, you know, didn't call me. I would call her and she was clearly disinterested. Um, and that was, and that was kind of it. I thought, well, it's a one-sided relationship and I kind of quit calling her. And then because there was no call from her, she would promise she would call, but she never would. Then we just, you know, we just didn't hear from her. Um, and so then that Did she do to this to all the kids? Oh, no. No, because the other kids didn't out the family for the abuse like I did. So, so she doesn't have the disinterest in them that she does toward you. Correct. My sister and I got outed because we weren't in with the whatever agenda it is they have. We didn't jump on board. <laughs> and we weren't mean about anything, but just that did not work for them. Dad, too? Um, Dad, that was all when Dad died. There was a, a falling out. Hmm. So that's, you were living at home at the time when she said get lost. Oh, no, I'm 58. Oh, all right. But okay, yeah, when you I heard, sound really nice and young. Yeah, you do. Plus, that. when I heard you say, get the car out of the driveway, I'm thinking, okay, well, you're living at home and you're parking your car in your driveway. Oh, sorry. No, I visited them. I lived six hours away. I came home oh, for the funeral. Oh, okay. Took time off work and came down there for two weeks, and I didn't get to stay two weeks. I was told to leave. So, okay. So, this would, if you're 58, this would make your mom, what, 80? She is going to be 89 in a couple weeks. Huh. Well. So, 
my golden question for you, if you yes. sit down, is my siblings have hidden her from me and won't tell me where she is. And I have um, asked, and they won't. And I just suppose my question is, if she's not interested and they're not interested, do I shake the dust from my feet, as Matthew says, and move on? Or should I try to contact her? She doesn't seem interested. And they don't want me around. Wow. What is with you? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I must be wicked. Mm, all right. Well, I would think that at some level, every so often, you would contact your mom with a phone call. Say, hey, mom, just thinking about you, wondering how you're doing, hope things are going okay. Phone call would be about a minute and a half or whatever, whatever she allows it to be. And then you yeah. will have done your mother honor duty. Yes, I was able to do that until they have relocated her and refused to let me know where she's at. I was sending her wow. flowers for Mother's Day, That's Christmas, wild. Her birthday. Your Talking siblings are saying Your siblings are saying you you don't deserve to know where mom is. Yes, I'm being shunned and I Whoa. You know, there's no way of knowing what's going on on the other side. I don't know if it's coming from her or if it's they're telling her things I said I didn't say. You know, you can't know because you're not on the other side. And trust me, I do pray for him. I'm totally at peace with this, to be honest, after what I've been put through. I, well, I, if you I don't know where she is and they've pretty much decided, you assume, at her wishes, um, then this is an academic question because you can't have a relationship with her anyway. I had one that was as you, the, the, what worked for her and what worked for me, like I said, was four times a year we'd get in touch and talk for over an hour. Uh, very, you know, very superficial. She, she's not a safe person to be around, so it was weather and grandkids and safe topics. It went well. Um, I just feel that I don't think that, I mean, I think she would talk to me that long because I was entertainment. I don't feel that there's really ever been a genuine motherly bond or interest there um, at least not when I'm not helping her accomplish something she wants to accomplish. If if, if that, if I can be used, no. I'm her best friend. Well, I you have you have you, you have no you you know your question here, Mona. Should I have a relationship with her? Is as I said, is academic. You you can't. You don't even know where she is. Yeah, I I think my question truly on a Christian basis is: Could I pursue this with an attorney? Yes, I could. It's, it's why would you do that? Why, why would you do that? Well, that's my question. Should I? Am I? Am I going as far as God wants me to go? I feel that my answer is yes. I've gone as far as I can. I don't think God. Wants your your me mother, if this is if this is a decision, clear thinking on your mother's part, she's allowed to say, "I don't want to have any contact with my daughter." She's she is. I have you, no way. You have yeah, no way of knowing. No yeah, you don't know what the dynamic is. The other thing is, I'm going to assume that your siblings don't want any contact with you either. Yeah, because I reached out to each one and asked them. Well, when my sister died, we both got shunned from the family. She died, I called them, and they would not even return my call when my sister died. You know, so Mona, when I hear good. stuff like this, when I hear stuff like this, I'm a shrink. And I don't think, well... Okay, you know, this is this is exactly a very simple case of these people don't like Mona. Obviously, the dynamics are much more complex. Obviously, they there's a hit, 
yes, ma'am. There's a history there. Uh, there's things about you that, that they, they don't like for whatever the reason, for fair or not. Um, there is maybe long-standing bare tolerance of one another in the family. And when dad died and when mom kind of came into her own about all this, they just said, hey, it's better just to cut it all off. That's sad. It's very sad that they're doing oh, this. I have no idea true. why. So. No, I really don't. I uh, And I right. forgive him, you know, if they don't. And I respect their boundaries. If that's the boundary they want. Right. Yeah. Um, you're I not going to. You don't have much to do. What can you do? You might every once in a while send something to your siblings and say, just checking in on mom. Hope she's doing well. Know that I pray for her. That'd be about what you can do. This is Dr. Ray. with Teresa Tomio. On this show and on this network and uh, in many of our other outlets that we have through Ave Maria Radio and EWTM, we're always going to keep you up to date on what's happening in terms of the culture and how toxic the culture is. Certainly, we talk about that uh, every week. So you can navigate the media landscape, so you can learn about the challenges and be well aware of them. That's one thing. We talk about religious liberty issues. We talk about the attacks, of course, on on the pro-life causes. We need to be aware of all that, which is why we talk about it. So we give you the tools, we give you the information, the research that we come up with as writers, as producers, as presenters, as talk show hosts, on and on and on. But at the end of the day, what do we need to do when we know this? We should be speaking out even more loudly and on a regular basis. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Why is prayer a battle? Prayer is both a gift of grace and a determined response on our part, the Catholic Catechism tells us. It takes effort. Who is the battle against? Against ourselves and against the devil who does all he can to turn us away from prayer and God and union with God. If we do not live habitually according to the Spirit of Christ, we cannot pray habitually in his name. We pray as we live, says the Catechism, and we live as we pray. One of the most universal difficulties in prayer is distraction. The simple and most effective answer to distraction is to turn back to our heart, for distraction reveals to what we are attached. This humble awareness can prompt us to offer our hearts to the Lord for purification. This is Peggy Stanton, and this is the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Is and this your very nowhere. subtle attempt to make me feel like a total piece of doggy doo? No, no. Hey, I'm trained in being soft, empathic, and understanding. Steve was on the line yesterday. He is referring to some research. Um, I first heard about this research on listening to um, the the uh, speech by Janet Smith, Contraception, Why Not? Hi, Steve. How are you? Thank you. Yeah. What's up? What's so, up there, sir? Yeah. So I, I had read a study, and a study, I think it was 
okay, I think, about the birth control effects on women. And it said that a woman would be more likely to choose a man that was more like herself rather than somebody more chilled, more manly, if she was on the pill. And it was causing a type of an, of an incest in a way. And um, so I, I work with kids some, and I see young boys especially, that seem to be less manly than they used to be, a lot more feminized. And I wondered if you thought that birth control pill could possibly be causing this um, uh, womanization of the man and, and, and playing into the transgender movement of men wanting to transgender into, into women um, because of that chemical effect that's taking a place in the body. I don't know. Uh, I would uh, have to plead ignorance on that, Steve, although there does seem to be some indication that uh, prolonged use of the pill for the, for the women does bring about some changes uh, in their perception of what they are attracted to uh, in guys. And so your, your observation that the young men are less, quote-unquote, typically manly could be because our culture basically slaps down what was once respected as manhood um, or or could be something going on that we really just haven't connected the dots yet I have no idea uh, I wouldn't rule it out I wouldn't rule it out uh, there's an awful lot going on out there interestingly enough um, God says don't do something he knows a lot of the reasons that we don't know mm -hmm. he can't explain everything to us um, back when when HIV was was ravaging uh, same-sex attraction males um, God knew that that was a risk well, well we didn't know that was a risk until it became apparent but when God had said, this is not a good thing to do because it can, comes with risks, that was one of the risks he probably knew. Well, he probably knew. He knew, but we didn't. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I always, I always keep that in mind. It's when God says, do it this way, don't do it this way, he knows an awful lot about the complications that we have no idea. None. Yeah. So, and I realize... I realize that the young boys these days don't have the chores as the as they did years ago to you know mainly quote quote and you know make them more manly chop the wood you know that type of stuff that that produces this manliness and they just don't have those chores anymore. But I wondered if that other other pill could be playing into that also. It's more likely for men to transgender to women than women to men, and uh, so that's interesting. Okay. Thank you for Thank the call, you, Steve. All righty, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Now, this is interesting because our, one of our previous calls was that the mom, who was in her late 80s, was creating distance between the daughter, 58, and the mom. And this was instigated by mom. The more common situation is this next call from California, 
who is the son in his 30s, who's distancing himself from his parents. But yet, and this is this is something I'm hearing a lot of, he doesn't give many reasons. Uh, I'm just better off without you anywhere near me. Why is that? Well, you just, uh, you, you did things. What things? Well, I'm not telling you. Call are you there? Yes, I am. Got this 30-some-year-old. Did this happen in his 30s, or was this, uh, this was building from age 19? Uh, no, it started when he uh, was in a relationship with a woman that we've loved a lot, but she had some mental health. Um, they've been through a lot. They've been married five years now, but they met in college. Um, so all during their college of dating, um, you know, she had to go back, leave school, dealt, dealt with mental health. Um, so when they said they, he was going to marry her, I was, you know, like, are you sure? This is a lot. Like, she's, you guys are still young, and, you know, they're 24, 25. Um, maybe you guys need to work this out. And I don't really know if they ever did get you know, counseling together. I know she saw somebody, but just moving through our relationship, it was always distance because we never lived together. So we'd go on trips and, you know, she'd sleep into 11 o'clock before she'd come out. Um, but he would still stay with the family. He would, you know, stay up late, hang out with us, get up, and then we'd go to go somewhere. And I, I admit, I probably coddled her a little bit because I wanted to be part of her. So I'd get up and make a sandwich before everybody left. And it would cause riff, you know, in my daughter's graduation. That was the event there. And um, it just kept growing. But we, my husband and I, settled with the fact that this is who he loves, and he does love her. They treat each other well, and he, she, he loves her, and she loves him. But as far as us as a unit, it was still her stuff, but he was still connected to us. So fast forward to a year ago, almost now, my daughter-in-law... Um, had a horrible disease, uh, CJ disease, which she died suddenly at 55. They came, she came, she was a little bit close, she was close to her, um, and he, um, how do you put it, was just okay. different. I mean, I hadn't seen him in a while. He was just distancing. I thought it was because okay, of wait. death. Okay, help me out. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little confused with the details here. You said your daughter-in-law was, fi- your daughter-in-law was 55? No, 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 my sister-in-law. My sister-in-law is the one that had to okay. visit her in, in okay. a different state, so we so, all met there. Okay, boy, well, so let me cut in here. Let me, let, me, let me cut in here. You don't understand why your son is now saying, I just really want to have distance between us. Is he still married to this woman? Yes, still married. And, I mean, they don't live in the same state, so it's just more about returning texts or if we do a family group text together he won't reply she won't reply so there's been little things where it's like wow you know do you suspect she doesn't like you um well okay so let's just i want to ask you a question so get to this point this death happened he is just ghosting us we don't even text her anymore completely not communicating at all to his sister to me to his dad and they used to call talk all the time for about five months then he does send this text to me, and it is all this stuff. I thought they were going to get a divorce. I thought something was happening, like major in his life. Um, and it's about us. So I did All right, stay there. Stay there. The uh, break is cutting us off. I'll be right back. 877-573-7825. Dr. Ray, thanks for joining me. 
the EWTN Family Prayer with Father Joseph. Family, a prayer that we pray together is a powerful prayer. So please pray together with me, our EWTN Family Prayer. Today we pray for those who have diabetes. Almighty God, we worship you, our Father, and we pray this day for those who suffer with diabetes. Look upon your children with this illness and grant them relief. Give them patience and the grace of perseverance in taking care of their health. Show them the way to physical and spiritual well-being. Let their cry come to your ears and bring them healing in mind and body and soul. We ask this in the holy name of Jesus, your Son. Amen. Colossians chapter 1, verse 10. Live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. Knowledge by acquaintance is what St. Paul's talking here. We need to increase our acquaintance of God. What can we do to increase our knowledge of God? Well, study scripture, pray, fast. But here's the obvious question. Are you increasing in the knowledge of God? Or are you simply kind of staying stable? You're living off past encounters. When we speak of increasing our knowledge of God, as I said, you can read all the books you want about God and you'll have lots of information, but it doesn't mean that you'll necessarily become acquainted with him. We need to know God by acquaintance. And that's what lies at the heart of all true religion. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Dr. Ray, you are such a psychological sweetheart. And the only thing that exceeds your insight is your glaring, coveting, obvious humility. I like to hear women say that about me. Thanks for joining me, Dr. Ray Garendi here. Program Doctor is in Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock Eastern Time, co-production on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and Ave Maria Radio Communication. Talking to a mom from California. Had a uh, sequence of events going on for quite some time. I will recap the call. Mom said back in the earlier days of her son's marriage to the present wife, uh, there were some, oh, there were some things that uh, were potential friction spots. But mom said we did our very, very best to get along with her and to do well by her. And then most recently, the son, who's now in his 30s, has pulled back from uh, everybody in the family. Not not just mom here, but uh, siblings too. You still there, caller? Yes, I'm here. Do you think that somehow some way and and you mentioned early on in the call that the daughter-in-law has has struggled uh with some emotional issues okay um do you think that that she is a driving force behind this that she she wants him more to herself and that in fact she's pushing him to put distance 
Yes. I okay. Do. And that's not a that's that's not an uncommon dynamic. Uh, I've seen it a lot. And then the guys go along with it because one, they're either convinced that what their wife is saying is true, or they're not convinced, but they have to live with her every day. And uh, who knows the kind of pressure they would be under if they, in fact, said, "Well, I'm not going to do that, and I'm going to still have contact with my family." Right. So and he's more. The reason I believe, yeah, the reason I believe that is because the things he's complaining about or saying are not reality. It's just, I mean, complaining about Christmas gifts? Like, you shouldn't be giving her a t-shirt. She has body issues. Why are you giving us junk food, Mom? We don't eat that way anymore. I mean, nothing grateful. It's all, and I took it like, well, great, Lucas, that's what you need to tell me if you guys aren't eating your hot tamales anymore. And she doesn't like her twisters and say something. Like, it's just, we're bad, we're bad. We didn't mask up enough when we're at her house. They never said anything, but now we're bad for that. And it's just, and then I called him on his birthday for his 30th. He said all this stuff. See, and then you just want to take us on a trip. I mean, can you imagine? Poor kid. His parents want to take him on a trip. Wait a minute. Stop there. Take him on a trip. When you have someone who says, here's all these little things you're doing wrong. Yes. Typically what they're doing is justifying the fact that it goes deeper than that. They don't want you in their lives or they don't want to have a relationship with you and so therefore I'm going to point out all of these ways that you offended us and there's this big long list of them and you're not even aware of three quarters of them and you find out later and you think to yourself well had had I not done that then things would have been okay that's not true that's not true in all likelihood, there's something else going on, and I think what you might want to do is say to him, okay, what has happened? Why have you decided you no longer want us in your life? I'm not going to debate you. I'm not going to argue with you. I just want to know. That's what I would do, because at this point, for whatever the reason, from what you're saying, it sounds like he's decided, uh, don't try, Mom. Don't try. Yeah. All righty, my dear. Good. I'm gonna let you go. I got a whole, I got a whole bunch of other calls. I gotta let you go. But, but thank you very much for calling. All right. Celeste from Denver says, "Are we as Catholics pushing away folks with gender confusion, or folks with same-sex attraction? Is is that your question, Celeste?" No. No. Okay. Oh. All right. All right. So, when we have young adults who maybe a girl is um, acts in a way that might not be considered very feminine because she likes to go fishing or she likes to do things that are stereotypically male or a boy who likes sewing for instance and are we telling them that's not the way a girl acts or that's not the way a boy acts who's who's we who's we telling them that well i I'm a teacher, and I've actually heard other teachers say things like that. Okay. Um, I've heard other students. Um, I've heard um, on your show just a moment ago, and that's what sparked my my call, was that the, the demasculization because of taking the pill. Um, I was... I'm kind of a type A personality, <laughs> and um, 
I come from a like a Luxembourg background where a lot of German speaking women is just terrible. We're probably going to get a whole bunch of calls, but we tend to be a little bit more hey <laughs> type A. And when I first became a Christian, I I felt I felt like there was something wrong with me because all the other Christian gals at at my university were you know they talk like this and they were very you know very. And so I actually tried to do that. I tried to. So you're saying that because of stereotypes that we have, uh, we've pushed and confused some young people. I think it's not helping. I think it's not helping. uh, You don't get you don't get any argument from me on that. I I I agree with you. I think just because someone has interests that are not quote unquote stereotypical does not mean at all that there is some type of gender confusion or incipient same-sex attraction. Yeah, I agree with you totally, 100%. Yeah. I tell my students, I said, it's not what you do or or how you act that makes you male or female. It's what God did that makes you male or female. Well, at this point I, in I really our culture, at this point in our culture, the biological reality of 37 trillion cells in someone's body being XX or XY is something that uh, the culture has decided we can think away. Right. And so so at some point, I, I wonder where that reality will continue to clash with the ideology now that says I, I can decide that those cells all of them, them in my body, uh, simply are not relevant. Okay. Yeah, thanks, Celeste. I appreciate that. Thank you for the call. Uh, I better take a break. A lot of calls up there. Uh, This is Dr. Ray. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Our generation is the first in human history to widely reject that life has any overarching purpose. Morality is considered relative, and we're even uncertain about what it means to be a man or a woman. Catholics at this time need to be awake, not woke. Sit down with Renewal Ministries' Peter Herbeck and I for an extended conversation with Noel Maring, author of Awake, Not Woke. It's available on the Renewal Ministries' YouTube page or in the slider at AveMariaRadio.net. Can viewing art even online improve your health? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. Viewing works of art can positively affect our well-being. Think of all the art we're surrounded by daily, in and out of church life. How about the beauty of nature, stained glass, and beautiful cathedrals, great works of art? The list goes on. According to a study, when participants view works of art, even on a screen, their mood is positively affected. Psalm 104 teaches us that God made the beauties of creation because He enjoyed them, and we should too. Think of it. You're on the road or you're stuck in your home, but you have access to a screen. Try viewing some great works of art. The possibilities for enhancing mental health and moods of seniors and those with health problems is immense. The study further suggests this brings us more pleasure in life. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on this at the homepage of Ave Maria Radio. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health sharing community. Plus, 
Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. Expanding your super ego while shrinking your id, little Freudian lingo there. Barbara from New Jersey is hearing the show for the first time. I don't understand how it was possible that she's lived her life up to this point, muddling along. But thank heavens we got here just in time. Hi, Barbara. <laughs> that's good. I was a 30-year Rush Limbaugh listener. I don't know if that's good or bad, and so I've had to find other things to listen to. But um, I'm 58, lifelong Catholic, taught CCD for 20 years at my church, four kids, all love God and country. My, my biggest thing I'm thankful for to our Lord, a grandson, Good friends, very good life. Um, I have a sister-in-law who is my best friend here in New Jersey. I wasn't born here for like the last 30 years. And the last five, six years, we raised our two younger kids together. Um, When they got to high school, they're a little bit crazy about sports, if you kind of know what I mean. And all of our kids are great athletes, whatever. And I just knew they were like that, and I let it go. And my husband, we just like would kind of roll our eyes, we let it go. But as time went on, and then it went into college, and all our kids played, we just were definitely growing more distant, and I kept trying and trying just to have us go back to being best friends again. Finally, about a year ago, she was getting so mean, and she's not a mean person. I'm like, where is my dear close friend and sister-in-law? And my husband finally said, listen, you have to let it go, and I don't want you asking her to take a walk, nothing. Like, she doesn't want to be with you she's not your friend let it go and it might sound crazy but i'd never lost a friend like it like i couldn't believe how much it hurt like i'm gonna cry barbara you want me to throw something at you that you may not be thinking yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure you lost a friend oh i don't i don't i don't i I don't (laughs) know how good a friend she was Oh, if, that's, what, that's what my good friends and my husband tell me, too. And I, I don't know. I guess I was blinded. I don't know then. Well, that apparently what happened was this. As long as there weren't situations in your relationship that she didn't agree, disagree, that she didn't disagree with or that she didn't feel threatened by or that she didn't feel in competition with or whatever it was that bugged her. Uh, you were okay. The relationship was nice, and you had commonalities, and you shared things. But then when some things changed a little bit, and she interpreted them a certain way, uh, she took offense, or she impugned to you motives that weren't true, and apparently she's not telling you, Apparently, she's not saying, okay, let, let me let me clear this all up because I like our friendship, too, and I want to go back to the way it was, and, and here's, here's why. Here's why I've been getting so upset over the last five years. But she's not doing that. Nope. And so that probably tells you more than anything else, which is, I'm not interested, Barbara, in reconnecting with you. And so how do I, I know I have to, like, you know, God takes relationships or things away like we don't know what's good for us and he knows everything 
And I've never been a why to God. I'm, I accept things of the Lord. I just do. I don't question our Lord. And I, but on this, I've kind of, I, I guess I've questioned it. So why? I, I'm like, why you can't you can't question the Lord over something that somebody does? God's not going to force them to act right. Anybody can act bad at any time. It's not God's fault. So how do I remove? So he, real quickly, she's the last couple. We only see each other a few times a year now for holidays. She's been she's been kinder, like she has been. Okay, good. I have this. I have this. I have a root of bitterness now because to get over it, I had to. You know, I was. I. I I'm, I okay, to I'm gonna hurry you along because I I got one other call I have to get to. I'm gonna have to hurry yeah. you along. Let me How offer do you. I forget. I'm struggling to forgive. Well. <sighs> You're struggling to have feelings of forgiveness. You forgive by saying, okay, I'm going to pray for her. That's how you forgive. Yeah. You, you feel betrayed. How could she do this to me? We had such a good relationship, and I didn't do anything to her. Look at what she's doing to me. And oh, now she's coming around, and she wants to be real nice now on her terms. That's what you're doing. Instead of just simply saying, well, I, I don't know what her problem was. She won't tell me. Anybody can do anything at any time. So therefore, uh, God wants me to pray for her. That's what I'll do. When you, It's hard to, hard to not forgive somebody when you're praying for them. And that's what you do. And if she's sweet to you when she comes around, be sweet back. But recognize... That for whatever the reason, she's got some hang-ups about this, and she won't level with you. And one thing I've learned to be in a shrink for almost 50 years, man, you just cannot control what other people do. They're capable of turning on you. And you can't do a thing about it. So... Okay, right. I'll keep I got, praying. All righty, Barbara, I got to let you go. Anonymous called a few months back. I got to get to her quickly. Poor thing, she's only got about a minute here. Has a son. Hi. Yes, dear. Help me out um, here. I, okay, I talked to you a few months ago about my son who was having bad thoughts. He had anxiety and bad thoughts. He was kind of tensing. He had, like, these sighs and movements because he was tensing up and stressing over these thoughts. We... You suggested we talk to him a little bit more. We found out specifically what the thoughts were. They were, some of them are like of a lustful nature, but some of them are, I don't know, things that don't make sense to me. They're like fears that someone's going to hurt him or hurt someone he loves or, I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. But. For some reason, these thoughts are, are in his head all the time. He says they bother him constantly. He's always sighing and tensing, and they're causing him a lot of anxiety. Okay. And Get him I to somebody that can work with him. Get him to somebody that can work with him in a cognitive behavioral therapeutic approach. Okay. Uh, Weird, I'm in New York. I just don't know who to find. <laughs> Go to go to catholictherapist.com for someone in your area, possibly, uh, and... Do some exploring to see if someone will use a CBT approach with your son. This is Dr. Ray, all the way up against Walk With God. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.